loves everybody today. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Might say house of independence, but on Sunday morning, it's the house of the Lord. Well, we wanna welcome you all here. If this is your very first time here, please fill out the card that's in the row in front of you in your seat back pocket. And you're gonna put that in the offering basket as it goes by. And don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you haven't downloaded our Shore Christian Church app, we encourage you to do so. And right now we're gonna give you an opportunity to give. So I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward. There's a couple of ways that you can give. You can either give on our Shore Christian Church app, or you can give in the offering basket as it goes by. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for each and every person here, Father God. I thank you for who they are, Lord, all that you're doing in their life, Father God. And I pray a special blessing over this offering, Lord, that you would bless each and every giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And I just have a couple of announcements for you this morning. The first one, next Sunday, August 5th, we are going to be giving away T-shirts. So for every single person that comes to church that day is going to get a free T-shirt. We're going to be kicking off Pastor Isaac's new series. So we want you all to be here next week and invite your friends and your family. And next, we're gonna, I'm going to call out Mary. She's going to give an announcement about Serve 24. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, my name's Mary. I'm the director for the Jersey Shore Dream Center. Uh, who's, ser- who's heard of Serve 24? Right, nice. Now, who's actually served with us for the last couple years? That's awesome. Look around you for those of you who don't know what Serve 24 is. Every year we come together and we serve our community for 24 straight hours. This is it's like, it's such a way to show our community how much we love them, how much God loves them by simply serving them. We're not asking for anything in return. We just want to serve them and love them. So I encourage you, there's a table set up in the back that says the Jersey Shore Dream Center. We have some of these postcards that are back there. And on the back of these postcards is the 24-hour schedule. So you guys can look at it, plug in where you want to. And we have the sign-up sheet so you can sign up so we can get in touch with you, okay? This is going to be August the 11th and the 12th. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday. And I encourage you guys to get invited and get excited and start inviting people because you know what? This is going to show the community of Asbury Park what we do here in this town with the Jersey Shore Dream Center and Shore Christian Church, okay? Get excited. How many people are going to sign up? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're going to sign up. Come on, I should see more hands than that. All right, let's get excited as a church. Let's get excited to go out and serve our community, amen? Well, next we're going to be running a little video for you guys. Pastor Isaac, this last sermon has been absolutely amazing. He's going to be wrapping up today with the Rip Jeans sermon. And next, his next sermon is going to be, I know he is, but who am I? Morning, Shore Christian Church. How are you? That's going to be starting next week. It's going to be a four-part series, and really excited about it. Uh, 
I know he is, but who am I? And I, I feel like a lot of the struggles that we go through, I go through, isn't necessarily that I don't know who God is. You know, we know who God is. We know who he is in our life, but our struggle is who we are and what we do on a daily basis and our tendencies and our weaknesses. And so that's what that series is going to address. Who's got their, their ripped jeans on this morning? I, I got Pastor Rhonda in ripped jeans this morning. <laughs> I'm so proud of my mom. I, I told her now I, I have to wear a suit on a Sunday. Uh, it was a compromise, so uh, I may be wearing a suit very, very soon. Uh, all right. So last week, man, Pastor Joseph, thank you so much for that, that sermon you brought last Sunday on piercings and, and how um, we get to serve the Lord and we get to be a servant of the Most High, and, and that is our calling, and that is our nature, and, and I'm not ashamed to say that I am a servant of the Lord, and I'm so thankful, Pastor Joseph, that uh, you brought that message. Pastor Joseph, man, you looking good today, man. You got them shoes on. They got, get, is there glitter on those shoes, Pastor Joseph? Man, that's, that's awesome. I love it. All right. Um, go with me now uh, to Numbers chapter 14. Uh, we opened up this series talking about tattoos and how uh, this world and, and, and our accuser wants to tattoo us with, with different labels and different mindsets, things that are put on us. Uh, he wants to put things on us and, and permanently ink our minds thinking about who we are. Uh, but then we, we learn how through the blood and through the light that tattoo can be removed, that the light is the word of God that, that hits it and breaks it up and then the blood cleanses it out of your system. And uh, so today what we're going to learn about is things that are not put on us, but things that are handed down to us. And the title of the sermon is going to be, What Genes Are You Handing Down? Uh, Numbers chapter 14. This is a, a word of the Lord that was coming to the people of God in, in a time of of rejoicing in a time where they had been delivered out of Egypt, out of bondage, and now God is doing a new thing in them, and he gives them a lot of instructions, some warnings, and, and, and a lot of blessings. And uh, this is Numbers chapter 14, uh, verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, but he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray. According to the greatness, he is a great, merciful God. Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until today. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. And truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. That was God giving instructions and letting them know that as you follow me, that there is uh, a generational blessing that, that can be passed down for, for a thousand generations, but also a warning that if you, if you turn away from God, uh, that there can be an iniquity that is passed down. And, and then I'm going to go to the book of Lamentations. Anybody read the book of Lamentations? 
Anyone have no idea what the book of Lamentations is? I, I'm thinking that's probably the majority, so don't feel shy if you, if you don't know what the book of Lamentations is. It's a book written by uh, this prophet named Jeremiah. Uh, and now this is coming to the people of God in a different season of their life, not a season of rejoicing, but a season of suffering as they had just been taken captive uh, by the Babylonians. And now uh, they're, they're back in bondage. They're back in suffering. And, and now this is the, the word of the Lord uh, that has come through Jeremiah, uh, and he says, verse 7, just going to read this one verse of scripture. This is the highlight scripture for this sermon. Verse 7, our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. Our fathers sinned and we bear their iniquities. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for this B-E-A, beautiful weather that you have given us, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we will enjoy life, that we will enjoy our family, but uh, as for us right now, we want to enjoy you, and we want to enjoy what you have for us this morning, a word that can set us free, Lord God, because according to your word, who the sun sets free, we are free indeed. That is only where true freedom can come, mentally, physically, and relationally. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Anyone ever um, received hand-me-down clothes from, like, brothers, sisters growing up? Um, anyone uh, ever see pictures when you're growing up of these weird outfits that your parents would actually put you in? I, I my gosh, what, what were we thinking? Putting our children just weird outfits, and we think that they're cute, and they're going to grow up, and they, they bear scars from those seasons of their life. So they see the pictures, and, and, and you know, I, I was going through old photo albums, and, and uh, I, I found uh, some different pictures that my parents uh, had of me. Um, I don't know what look they were going for, um, but the first one, I, th I thought this would be like Sailor Isaac. You know, Sailor Isaac. Anyone ever had a sailor outfit, you know, that your parents put you in. If kids could talk, they would be like, mommy, do you have eyes? What are you doing to me? Uh, the next one I found I thought was pretty cool. Th this is, th that, that's gangster Isaac. Gangster Isaac. I ran the block in Wall Township, Brindley Road, baby. I kind of like that outfit. I, I might rock that suit next Sunday uh, with the pipe, you know, and all. All right, all right. All right, <laughs> all right, all right next one. This is Rodeo Isaac. Rodeo Isaac. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, the, the, the next one I, I will call Hand Me Down Isaac, and, and we'll go to the next one. And, and what I want you to notice is... Um, um, one of those pictures is not me. Can you believe it? So the one, well, the one on the left is Judah, and the one on the right is uh, Pastor Isaac in the same outfit. So Judah is going to be showing up next Sunday as Gangsta Judah with the pipe. So you know, don't mess with Gangsta Judah now. Uh, but but we we all are what we're we're passing down genes to our our kids. I mean, it's pretty obvious you look at Judah and uh, that picture. I mean, he, he has my eyes, my nose, my, my, my lips. He, I, I have handed down some, some looks to that boy. And uh, <laughs> how many know that you're handing down genes to your kids, physical genes? 
And also, you're not just handing down physical genes, but you're handing down a spiritual inheritance to your kids as well. And, and I pray that, that my life isn't a stumbling block for my children, but my life is a stepping stone for my children. There comes a day when you begin to shift from you to legacy. You begin to shift from me to we. What kind of inheritance do I want to pass down to the next generation? What, what kind of legacy do I want to be known for? And, and you are going to be able to pass down a physical legacy. My dad passed down a, a, a material legacy to me through an inheritance. He did that. He took care of our family. He was smart like that. He was loving like that. But he didn't just pass down a physical inheritance. He also passed down a spiritual inheritance. And some of you have such a strong spiritual inheritance that you have access to. You need to take that thing to probate, baby. You need to start accessing all the those prayers that your mama and your grandmother and your father put over you, prayed over you, lived for you, you have access to so much spiritual blessing, but yet you're, you're, you're holding on to just you. You need to access that. But there's also um, some, some challenges that get passed down to us. If you want to pass down an inheritance to your kids, this is the key. If you live it, you can leave it. You can't live it. If you can't live it, you can't leave it. And so many people, you're, you're living one way, and that's what you're going to pass down to your kids. You, you can't just say something. you got to live it. Your kids are going to see the phoniness in you. And if you want to leave something, you better be living that out. Every day, not just here in church, not just on social media, not just where you're around other people, but what are you like at home? That is the legacy that you are going to leave to your children. And I want to be a stepping stone. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I want my kids to succeed because of me, not in spite of me. Do I hear an amen? I'm leaving a legacy. And, and I, I thought about how a lot of us, man, we, we didn't really have good parents growing up. Anybody have, have some dysfunction in their families growing up? <laughs> if you're honest, every single hand would go up because you know what goes on in that household. When no, and, and there's some dysfunction in families. And, and, and a lot of us, we, we have been passed down a legacy of of divorce, a legacy of, of anger, a, a legacy of, of, of immorality, of, of broken marriages, of anger, of abuse. And, and, and this is what has been passed down from generation to generation to us. And, and, and there, there is such thing, the Bible talks about it so much as, as a generational curse that could get passed down from, from one generation to the next generation. And, and, and the Bible says that we have sinned, they have sinned our fathers, but we bear their iniquity because there's a difference between sin and iniquity. Can I just, just give me three minutes to teach on this real fast. When, 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 you, when you miss the mark, that act is a sin. You miss the mark. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every sin is equal in God's eyes. That's why there's no one better or worse than anybody else. We are all sinners in the eyes of God, and we cannot judge one another because that's who we are, only but for the grace of God. Uh, but that's the act. That's the sin. But when that sin is not repented for, if that sin is not addressed, it turns into an iniquity. And that iniquity is a lifestyle. 
And if that lifestyle is not addressed, that lifestyle can be passed down to the next generation. And then suddenly that next generation has that same tendency, that same predisposition, that same weakness that you have because you never addressed it. You never were able to overcome it through the blood of the lamb. And now it's being passed down to the next generation. That's why a a son of an alcoholic is so much more likely to become an alcoholic because he has that iniquity inside of him, that vulnerability, that predisposition within him. There are, I mean, just look at the Kennedys. I mean, holy cow, I, I looked this, this up this week because that's what I thought of, like a family that, that seemed like they were cursed. And I, I, I looked it up, and, and this is what I found. Uh, August 12, 1944, uh, Joseph Kennedy Jr. died when his plane exploded over, over England. May 13, 1948, Kathleen Kennedy died in a plane crash in France. November 22, 1963, President John F. Kennedy assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Uh, then Senator Ted Kennedy was involved in another plane crash. I mean, something got in this this gene pool. And yeah, they had a, a, a huge physical legacy that they were leaving each one of their generations, but there was also something else going on in this family for, for these kinds of things to happen. Uh, 1968, his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, assassinated in Los Angeles. 1984, David Kennedy died of a cocaine overdose. 1999, John F. Kennedy's son, died when his plane crashed in the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. And then uh, the late Senator Ted Kennedy said this after he was responsible for killing a 28-year-old girl as he drove his car into uh, a lake and she passed away. He said, I wonder if some awful curse did actually hang over the Kennedys, me included. And as as I do this sermon, there's going to be two people that I'm... I'm going to talk about two, two stories that I'm going to talk about. I'm, I'm going to start off by sharing, and I got permission of, of my wife growing up. And we, we talked about it the last couple of weeks and thinking about her, her family. And, and she couldn't think of one, her, her mother, grandparents, relatives who have had a successful marriage. Divorce just throughout the entire family, both parents divorced, grandparents divorced, never knew what it was like to have both of her parents in her life at the same time, both parents in prison at the same time as she's growing up, addiction throughout the entire family. And, and, and that legacy is passed down, comes down to Diamond and, and her brothers. That's the the, the environment that, that she grew up, that's the, the genes that, that she inherited. Those are, those are not good genes. And the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 7, that nobody lives unto themselves and dies unto themselves. Which means that you're not just affecting you with the decisions that you make. You are a f- affecting the next generation coming behind you. You're affecting your nieces and your nephews. You're affecting the the, the spiritual people you are trying to mentor within the body of Christ. Your children, you are affecting. Every single one of us is passing down some hand-me-down genes. And the first kind of hand-me-down genes that we're passing out, oh, I need my bag, is designer genes. You're passing down some designer genes to the next generation. Did you know that? Every single one of us in here is a miracle. 
You are such a miracle. The fact that you got here right now, it's amazing what happens. I I mean, do do you want me to break it down for you? Say yes. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, there was a day when your mama and your daddy got together, and one cell from your mom and one cell from your dad, they got up and they had a party. Party rocking in the womb tonight. Everybody's now. I, I mean, there was a part, and, and then that one cell from your mom and that one cell from they got together and they made one cell. And that one itsy bitsy cell contained, I think it was like three billion codes of DNA, half from your mom and half from your dad. That DNA all got together and made you. It's unbelievable what happens at birth. And that, that, that DNA tells the genes how you're supposed to look. Judah went up to a, a, um, someone in church, I'm not going to say who it is, and said, why are you bald? Man looked at him and said, bad genes, bad genes. <laughs> and, so, and so Judah went up to another guy that was losing a little bit on top and said, do you have bad genes too? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't get mad at him, right? It's a kid, you know. Uh, so, so I mean, you are who you are. That you, the, the, those genes that you have are are in you, and you are made up of seventy five trillion cells. I mean, I mean, it's amazing what you are made up of. From that one itsy bitsy cell, you and I are made up of seventy five trillion cells. Every three seconds. 50,000 cells die and another 50,000 cells are rejuvenated within yourself. And you wonder why you're so tired. You're doing awesome things every single day. And when those two cells get together, then they are making an inheritance. That child is an inheritance. And then that's why they look like you. That's why Judah looks like me. That's why uh, Lily, when, when, when I walk, I, I walk and I'm a baseball player and and sometimes I like to spit when I'm outside. I don't know, it's just in me. I, I, I don't know why I do it, but I'm just walking in and I spit. Now, now, now my kids see me doing that and they're walking behind me. They're spitting just like daddy, you know. My, my dad, when he would get mad, he would say, shine. So when I, you know, instead of the other word, right? You know, so when I get mad, I say, I say, shine. The other day, Judah dropped his Lego. He said, shine. I said, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's what's up gangster Judah, uh, because, because they, they will take after you physically and, and, and spiritually, and, and they have designer genes. There is no one else like you. There is no one who has ever been like you, and there is no one who will come after that will be like you. You are unique, and that's why you have a unique calling. You have designer genes in you. Some of you also, you have some wrinkled genes. I got some getting some wrinkled jeans, but I'm not talking about those jeans. You know, I'm, I'm talking about, I need that, I need that bag, boys. I, you, you got some wrinkled jeans in your life, and, and what that is, when, when you have an iniquity that is passed down, you, you become wrinkled in, in, in how you view morality. What's normal to you is, is, is seeing people get beat. What's normal to you is, is seeing your, your mom just going out sleeping with, with, with 
whoever uh, can, can, can help her out for that week. That's normal for you, seeing a different guy every single week. That's normal for you. It's normal for you when you have that iniquity passed down to, to never see a healthy marriage. There was a, a, a young lady, um, Diamond when she was seven years old, uh, we were telling her, hey, who do you want to get married to? When do you want to get married? Or we were talking about marriage. She said, I never want to get married. She says, everybody that gets married gets divorced. Seven years old saying that. Why would she say that? Because that's all she's ever known, and that has become normal to her. That's what happens when you have passed down wrinkled genes. The, the evil becomes normal to you. It's crooked. You don't even know what's right anymore because th th this iniquity has been passed down from generation to generation. You have hand-me-down wrinkled genes in you. I thought about, uh, secondly, you, you have uh, dirty genes. Here are my genes. These are diamond jeans. I got them all, all, all dirty yesterday. Dirty jeans. And, and, and you've inherited some hand-me-down dirty jeans. Jeans of, of anger. Jeans of, 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 of divorce. Jeans of addiction that have been passed down. Like father, like son. That's what they always say, right? Like mothers. You, you talk just like your mom. You're angry just like your dad. And then you start believing what other people speak over you. And then that iniquity not only is in you, but now it has control of you. And then you just say, this is who I am. This is the genes that I've been passed down. This is the hand that I've been dealt. So now I just got to learn to manage the struggle that I had. This, these dirty genes that I've inherited from my parents. I was talking to a, to, to a doctor, and, and, and that person was telling me that, that even anger, they, could, they found out as they study the brain, can be passed down, that you could have a predisposition, a vulnerability to that same weakness that your father had genetically. Same thing with alcohol. Same thing, this is the other one I thought of, um, blue jeans. Blue is the color of depression. I'm blue. Some of you, you you've been passed down blue jeans. Your mom was depressed, and now you, you, you have that same depression coming over you. Your, your mom or dad worried the same way, had this, this negative outlook on life, negative outlook on, on, on Christianity or church or whatever it may be, and now that's been passed down on you, not just in your gene pool, but you were in that environment that allowed that vulnerability, that recessive gene to become active in your life, and now you're, you're depressed just like your parents. You have that, that same struggle, those suicidal thoughts just like your mom did, just like that person in your family did. It's because you have inherited some blue genes. Come on, work with me a little bit, church. Blue jeans. A lot of us, that's all we've ever had. It's all, you know, like thinking about my, that's all she ever had. You know, but, but if you could pass down wrinkled jeans, and you could pass down some dirty jeans, and you could pass down some blue jeans, then you know what? I could pass down some holy genes. That if I follow God and I do what's right and I serve the Lord, doesn't mean I have to be perfect, but I turn from evil. I pray for my family. Doesn't mean that I have to do everything right, but my intention, my wants, I sacrifice for my family. I put God first. I bring my family to church. Then you know what? I'm not passing down wrinkled jeans or dirty jeans or blue jeans. I'm passing down some holy jeans to Judah and Lily and whoever's coming up behind them. That that 
thing that got a hold of Diamond is not getting a hold of my kids because now I can pass down some holy ripped jeans onto my kids that they're not gonna know what divorce is like. They're not gonna ever answer a question. I don't ever wanna get married because everyone that gets married gets divorced. They're saying, I can't wait to get married because everyone in my family that's gotten married is happily married. I have men in my family that treat women right. I have women who respect their husbands and talk right to their husbands. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave. And a lot of people, you may sit in there, sit in there and you say, yeah, yeah, but all I have in my family is dirty jeans. All I have is wrinkled jeans. That's all I've ever known in my life. You have to have the resolve that says, you know what? It starts and stops with me. That this iniquity stops with me. These dirty jeans stop with me. And this new legacy is starting with me from this day on. I'm not going to pass down this iniquity any longer because through Jesus, there's something called spot removal. It's called the blood of Jesus. That when you have the blood of Jesus in your life, it washes all that iniquity. He will present you without spot or wrinkle or blemish, the Bible says. That when I begin to make the choice that I am going to break this legacy, this family curse, and I'm going to give a generation, it, it starts with me. But you don't understand, Pastor Isaac, it's all I've ever known. You know what, I, I slipped and I shared this in the worship night, but I'm going to share it with you guys. I, I, I went out to water my bushes uh, in, in, in May or June, and I went out and... Uh, I went out and I saw, here, throw the picture up. Something's not right there. Something, something, something weird happened there. It was like Judah, like, peeing in the bushes or something. Like, what, what's, something's not right. I mean, how is that one bush dead and everything else is so fresh and so green, green? I mean, same environment, same soil. See, your environment can no longer be an excuse for you. That's the word God gave me. Is because there are some people who grew up worse than you, that had a father that, that, that hurt them worse than your father hurt you. They had less love in their family than you did, and yet they turned out to be an incredibly loving mother and loving father and doing what's right. You can no longer just say, this is who I am, because there's some people who grew taller. They became doctors. They became pastors. They became presidents. They became corporate leaders, and they had a worse environment growing up than you did. Your environment can no longer be an excuse. I know no mother that is any more loving than my wife, Diamond. She loves those kids, and you know what she did she just did the opposite of everything she did growing up had growing up some of you you have a great <laughs> you have a great template to how to be a great father and a great mother just do the opposite of everything that you had stop using it as your crutch and use it as your motivation that you know what when I have Jesus in me I have this dominant gene that comes in my system and it pushes out all those recessive genes out of my life. When G, he's the dominant gene, it may still be there, but it's recessive. I got, I got my dominant gene. 
So I said I was going to talk about diamond in the first portion. Now I'm going to switch to myself. Someone says, why do you talk about yourself so much in sermons, Pastor? Because I know myself better than I know anybody else, okay? So la, 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 lock it up. <laughs> so I, I've shared a, a little bit of, of my, my gene pool. That, I, that I, 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 was, I was adopted when I was three days old. And the, the, the family that I could have been born into was a, was a broken family, was a family that, that had uh, a terrible spiritual legacy, that I, I was very close to being an abortion statistic, but by the grace of God, God was able to find a family that wanted me and chose me and placed me in that family. And then growing up, I, 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 I could have had this legacy, but through adoption, God, God took me just like he took Moses and, and, and placed me. I was adopted. Anyone adopted in here? And I thought as we close, uh, I want to share a, a video with you guys that, that shares a little bit of my adoption story and some adoption stories of some other uh, people in this church. If we could roll that video now. subject of adoption is very close to my heart as we were married for 15 years and desired to have a child. And one way of getting a child is through adoption. We laid it, all the desires at the feet of Jesus. But at the time, we heard from, through our mentor, Pastor Ern Baxter, that there was a baby on the way and they were looking for a covenant Christian home to place this baby. So that's how we got our beloved baby on the the best day of my life, we went to JFK Airport with some dear friends. We waited for my dear friend to come off the airplane with my bundle of joy cradled in her arms. And then I just reached out my arms and we all floated over this beautiful baby's face. And God was so good to us to bring a baby to us through the adoption process. And Isaac, from the day that we got him, knew that he was adopted. We had a little airplane hanging on the bookshelf with the date of his birth and the date of his arrival. And every day when we pick him up out of the crib, we'd go over to it and say, you came to us on a big jumbo jet and Jesus has his hand on you for us from the minute you were conceived. We chose to have this, this baby come into our home and it, get, it just brought great security to him. He did, didn't have a big surprise at age 10 or 12 or whatever to find out that he was adopted. He knew it all along that he was placed in our arms by God. The most important thing for Sarah to know about her adoptive parents is that Lisa and I felt right from the beginning that God gave us all the same genes. If we were able to do a DNA test, it would show that Sarah has Lisa and me in her and that we're all of one. And from the beginning, she showed all traits that she was with us, uh, part of us, and, and we've just always known that God gave her to us through, through another woman's womb, but he brought her to us. And it's a, it was a beautiful thing, and it's reassuring for all of us. And when we made the decision to adopt Sarah, it was basically a cycle of prayer, faith, and perseverance. 
stayed consistent with that. And that's how we received Sarah. From the first time we saw Sarah when they wheeled her over, we knew things were right. She, she, as soon as they wheeled her over, she lifted her head up and smiled, and our, our hearts just melted because we knew that she was ready for us and we were ready for her. And uh, once we held her in our arms, the, the whole world was at peace. It's, it just, uh, it was such a, a, a uniting experience. And when I saw this princess for the first time and held her in my arms, I knew that God heard our prayers. I knew that our prayers were answered. And um, I knew that no one could have done this but him. And one of my favorite scriptures is, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lead not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And that's exactly what he did. When I think about what it means to be adopted and what that looks like as far as what God's done in my life, I'm amazed how every single part of my story was so intentional. I've seen how my siblings and my biological mom have worked through a lot of things, and I'm just really thankful that God took me out of that and put me in a place where um, my parents just instilled within me a love for God, a love for people around me. Like, my parents are so strong, and, and then they turned around and gave me the opportunity to know my biological family, and God put me back in their lives at a time when he had already done his work of restoration and was letting me see all the little pieces. Like he really affirmed for me that this whole thing was on purpose, and he gave me the best of both worlds in a sense. Now I've been able to be part of two families, and getting to know my birth family kind of affirmed my personality as well. Like God made me who I was on purpose. Like I saw so much of myself in my biological mom and in my siblings, and kind of getting this rounded picture of it seeing things through both sides, being chosen, you're being looked at and said, you value, you matter, everything you are, everything that you bring, and you can see everything about who you are, where you came from, in this light of love and being chosen. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Recently, I went to uh, go get a, uh, a physical exam at the doctor's office. It's not that physical exam. It was, a, it was another one. And they, they gave me this questionnaire, and it, it had all these things of my family history. You know, you've, you've probably filled them out before. And uh, I'm adopted. I, 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 don't, I don't know my family history. You know, I don't know my family history of whatever, heart disease or whatever it was, the, you know, the questions that they, that they ask. And, and they give you, you know, you have three ways that you could answer each question. Yes, no, or not applicable. Every one of those questions I checked, not applicable. And see, spiritually, you may have dirty jeans, blue jeans, wrinkled jeans, but when you make a decision to follow Christ, put him in the equation of your family history, then all those things become not applicable anymore.
I may have had that tendency, but that's not applicable anymore because the blood of Jesus has washed me clean. I, I don't have that history any longer. I'm in the family of God. Bible says that you have been adopted. That when you put your faith in Jesus, that you become a member, adopted, chosen. That was one thing my mom said. They, they, they cut it out because my mom talked for about a half an hour. <laughs> but she said that one of the beautiful things about being adopted is you're chosen. When you're adopted into the kingdom of God, you are chosen by God. He has chosen you to be part of his family. And when you're part of God's family, all things are made new. And all the old is washed away. You need to begin seeing your family legacy in a completely different way. That you do not have the iniquity of your father or your grandfather, but you have an inheritance given to you by God. And when you get the mentality that says it starts with me, then you are going to leave your children a new inheritance that you never received on your own. You walk out of here, you make sure you know that you could only leave what you live. And I want to live Christ. Right now, let's just bow our heads. Stay seated. Just begin to, to talk to God right now. Maybe there's some things in your life that, that you've been selfishly pursuing because that's what you wanted, but that's not the best thing for the legacy that you want to leave. Say, God, take this from me. Take this iniquity from me. Take these dirty genes from me. God, give me holy genes. Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that you were once cursed, but because of Jesus who became the curse for you. For it is written that anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. He took the curse for you. He took the iniquity for you, for it says he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I am healed. By the blood that he shed, I am cleansed. Not only removes my tattoo, but it also cleanses me of all the dirty genes of iniquity in my family. Let's just sing that right now, Nicole, as we're in the presence of the Lord right now. Mercy is falling, falling. Lift up your hands, receive it now. Here in the presence of the Lord. Mercy is falling, falling. Lift up your hands, 
feet right now if you're able to. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Here in the presence of the Lord. Yes. Tired of running, running. Thank you, Jesus. You can move on. It's over now. Here in the presence of the Lord. Tired. 